0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Happy 80th birthday today to George Clinton of Parliament Funkadelic. I spoke with the funk legend in 2015 about his influential career, from flashlight to atomic dog. Thanks so much for joining us. Glad to talk to you. You and Howard Theater, you guys go way back. Oh yeah, we go
1: way back to the doo-wop days. We played the Howard Starting back in the day, nineteen sixty-seven, but I want to testify and we opened it back up when they just recently opened it a couple of years ago.
0: What makes that venue <laughs> so special?
1: Like the Apollo Theater, the Uptown Theater, the Royal, mm-hmm. and the How. That's that we just call it, you know, the the just Chitlin Circuit or the Soul Circuit. <laughs> when you get a big record, you have to play all of those places. Those are the main theaters in those cities,
0: right? And
1: And so Howard was like, that was the epitome of doo back in the day.
0: Definitely. Yes. A lot of people may not even remember that you got started in doo Take me back to your roots. I
1: was born in North Carolina, but I was raised in New Jersey. And I heard Frankie Lyman, and I wanted to be one of those guys. I wanted to be one of those doo singers, rock and roll singers in
0: 1956. Do you remember where you were when you heard uh, Frankie Lyman? Was it Why the Fools <laughs> Fall in Love? Or what was the song? Did yeah, you I was it?
1: Why the Fools Fall in Love. I was in Newark.
0: <laughs> and you heard
1: it every day, all day. And then you heard a group on every corner, everybody wanted to be a doo-wop group.
0: <laughs> so you put together the parliaments?
1: Yep, we put together the parliaments and went to the Apollo Theater and won the Amateur Hour. <laughs> 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 and um, we just went on from there. Until Motown came along two years later, we started being a part of that. and wrote songs for the uh, Supremes, and... Um, the Jackson 5, and then Parliament had their own hit record with I Want to Testify. Man.
0: What did what did you write for the Supremes and Jackson 5?
1: Well, the Supremes did one called I'm Into Something I Can't Shake or Loose. <laughs> it's on their Love Child album. Awesome. And Michael Jackson did uh, I Bet You, one of the songs that Funkadelic did.
0: Man, oh man, that's that's crazy that you know you're writing for all that. I mean, you're a legend yourself, but you're writing for other legends, and that I guess that's sort of how you learn the ropes. <laughs> that's <laughs> how you learn. You said you won Amateur Hour at the uh, at Apollo Theater. Do you remember what you guys performed? Oh
1: yeah, everybody, somebody's fooled by the heartbeats.
0: What was the react? Did the place just go crazy? Talk about you know when you guys won that thing.
1: Yeah, well, we, you know we we were we were pretty clownish. <laughs> too you know it's a love song but we always clown everything at it- we <laughs> <laughs> um, you know so yeah we had them all cracking it
0: that's hilarious how did you sort of you know obviously the, there was you know james brown Slystone stone and some others there along with yourself but how did you take that whole motown era that you were talking about and then sort of bring it into the next phase of of funk that you started pioneering in the 70s you know what do you think it was that that helped bridge that that transition
1: well the fact that uh um, England was coming back over here with the rock and roll that we had done in the 50s, early 50s. You know, that the, the black music had done in the 50s. Mm-hmm. When I saw that happening, I knew we had to compromise what, you know, Motown was doing. Because Motown was, was almost 10 years old, you know, about 68, mm-hmm. 69. I could tell then that it was changing. So we just mixed Motown with the rock and roll you know, that Rolling Stones, Beatles, Led Zeppelins, Jimmy Hendrix, all them were doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We just mix that R&B of Motown with that, and you come up with something pretty funky. <laughs> and that's what Funkadelic was, loud Motown. And then the later Bootsy come along, and he brings Fred, Wesley, and Maceo, mm-hmm. the horn players from the JBs. So now we add horns to it, so you get a Sly Stone, James Brown ingredients added to that mix and you got what we call p-funk.
0: I love it. When you say p-funk, a lot of people right away think of the, you know, the song p-funk wants to get funked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, all of that from Chocolate City on, that first mm-hmm. album with Boosie with us, the Mothership Connection, that was what we considered p-funk, you know, that Motown and psychedelic with horns. Mm-hmm. And so you get We Want Fontana Rupoff Star Child, you know, all you get all those kind of songs,
0: all that stuff, yeah.
1: And then you you can go on into the jazz of the Three Blind Mice, you know, Funk and Teleki.
0: <laughs> Take me to where you were when you came up with Flashlight. Oh, we was on a roll
1: then, you know, after for Flashlight we had done. It. Uh, you know, mothership connection, Chocolate City, Bootsy. We was all on the we was mm-hmm. on the roll with the mothership, which is in the Smithsonian, by the way.
0: <laughs> by the way, You know, we was
1: on a roll, so it was just when you're in, on a roll, you're in that what they call a zone. Mm-hmm. You can everything you do is cool. Everything you do is all right. So we we just said you know flashlight. We just make up a word and just. And do a song about it. <laughs> Shine the light on your phone. You know, just we could do no wrong at that time. So but once we
0: did it was on
1: that road, the idea of using Bernie to play the bass as opposed to bootsy. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a bootsy track, Bernie was a brand new sound to use a mood for the bass. So and so that's how that song, you know, just came about.
0: Awesome. And like I said,
1: we, we was on that road, everything we did was working.
0: Right, because I think either that same year or right after that was Aqua Boogie. Yep, and and then Knee Deep. Yeah, you guys just kept rattling them off.
1: Bootsy, Horny Horns, The Brides of Funkenstein, Parlette.
0: In case some of our listeners are, you know, maybe you know they've heard of you and they've heard of Parliament Funkadelic, but explain to them how it was sort of, it was sort of like two sister groups, right? You had Parliament and... Well, Funkadelic. it
1: started out just a singing group, Doo-Wop, in the 50s. Right. It was just a five-man stand-up singing group. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in the 60s, when musicians became started becoming popular bands, right? you know, guitar players, drummers. So we had our younger brothers and, you know, cousins, they playing with us as our backup band. And when we couldn't use our name, as most groups get into legal trouble with record companies, we couldn't use the name Parliament. We took the band and called them Funkadelic. We became their backup singers. Gotcha. They were our backup band. We became their backup singers. So it, with good old funky music, that was the beginning of um, Funkadelic with the Parliament singing, um, backups, you know, singing. That's how you got two groups. And then it ran, we called it the Parlor Funkadelic
0: meant thing. It's awesome. It's all awesome. What uh, you mentioned, tear the roof off the sucker. Also, everyone knows, give up the funk. We want the funk. Everyone, it, it's almost that sort of line echoes down through the generations. Doesn't matter how old you are, you've heard that song somewhere. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so,
1: so many people, you know, including the, the hip hop era, you know, a Cube and Dre, Snoop, yeah. all of them sampled. We want the funk mm-hmm. and Atomic Dog.
0: Yeah, Snoop Snoop Dogg it don't, when he does that it's Atomic Dog it's the same it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of stuff with those guys.
0: Did Snoop come to you to cover Atomic Dog or or how does well, it Well, Dre
1: Dre did. Dre asked me the same way he asked um, um I did Tupac. He asked me to do Tupac. And then recently I just did Kendrick Lamar, Pimp the pimple butterfly.
0: Okay, yeah, the most recent one. He just played at uh, Kennedy Center, believe it or not. He did a whole big show at Kennedy Center.
1: Yes, he's the one now.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I
1: did the the, the title song of that album, I did that with him. And he, he did um, one with me. Ain't that fucking kind of hard on you? Him and Ice Cube just did that with me. What was it like
0: working with Kendrick Lamar?
1: It's a cool dude. Bright. You know, it's just like when. Um, you know, we the first start working with, the, you know, the Bootsy, all those talented type people. Mm-hmm. But only, he's real smart. He learned a lot from all the people that went before him. He's got a very good head on his shoulder. And, he, you know, he's really out of Compton, so he got all the NWA ingredients in him. At the same time, he got a lot of P-Funk in him. <laughs> you know, him, him, and Flying Lotus, all of, all of those people, that new generation has really got the funk in them.
0: Definitely. I mean, you mentioned NWA. Which is huge now with the movie coming out and everything. Everyone's sort of interested in their music all over again, all these years later. Um, what was it? Yeah, about? you know, and
1: most of that music is ours in that movie. And again, we're not getting paid for it, so we're <laughs> fighting. You know, not Cube and Dre, but we're fighting the Universal and um, all the publishing houses because all the music in the whole movie basically is ours. The whole thing is based on Funkadelic Parliament
0: because they're using those guys' songs. But since it was sort of sampling your stuff, you think you guys should get a cut of it? That's what you're saying.
1: Oh yeah, we. I mean, we and in, in, we've never been paid for that music. They put it out between the, the record company now. Q paid me himself on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the record companies and the publishing company they haven't paid any of us. Matter of fact, they've taken our names off of a lot of the songs, and you get names like Bane and Crane on people instead of the people that wrote it. Mm-hmm. We don't even know who Bane and Crane is. Right. So we got FBI looking into that.
0: Which specific songs um, are in the in the movie that might be, or or that Snoop and Dre and them did? Which ones did you collaborate on with them?
1: Well, I collaborated with Snoop, you know, it's, it's Snoop Doggy Dogg. I mm. collaborated with him personally on that, in mm. in um, Tupac's "You Can't See Me," oh, man. I did that, you know, live, wasn't a sample. But I did a lot of stuff with them live. But most of the samples. People have been sued in my name. Over a thousand people have been sued in my name, and I'm not even the one that sued them.
0: Right, right. I got gotcha. you. Well, um, all the legal stuff aside, you know, hope you get all that worked out. But just in terms of working with them as artists, tell me a little bit about what it was like working with Tupac first, and then and then Snoop. Well, I mean.
1: Tupac was cool. I knew him from the Digital Underground, so it was it was always easy to work with him. Right. Snoop was easy to work with, you know, because Drake called him, and that was real easy. Cube was probably the easiest of all because I worked with him so many times. Mm-hmm. You know, he did videos and records of mine. I did same for him. Matter of fact, he just did the new record with me and Kendrick Lamar. He just did the remix of that in himself, and he did the video.
0: Do you take certain pride that, you know, because there's a lot of artists that have come and gone. Let's say that, you know, they probably came up right when you did, but they've disappeared over the years. But do you take sort of pride that so many of these, you know, newer artists keep bringing your stuff back and that you're still so relevant? And even in Kendrick Lamar, you know, the hottest music today, you're still that relevant?
1: Yeah, well, I tried to make sure that I was by staying in (laughs) touch with all the new stuff that comes out. I try to see what they're doing and be a part of it, as opposed to being afraid that they're moving me out. I try to help them, Mm -hmm. and that way that keeps me around.
0: It's kind of mutually beneficial it's instead of fearing that they're gonna move you out like you said you hey no you're gonna you're gonna stay part of all this,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what a lot of people should learn that don't fear each other, try to help each other that helps you stay around, but the natural order of things people say you old school he's new school about, it. you get afraid of that and you you wanna. Fight back and all you're doing is removing yourself by being upset. You just remove yourself. You won't be able to understand what it is that they're doing. No, you, you won't like it at all because it's moving you out. It sounds elementary. But if you pay attention, you realize that all our music was elementary in the beginning. And it always goes back to that elementary from the bow pop, bow bop, to the uh, uh,
0: uh,
1: you know, spitting the beat. It's all kitty, kitty music.
0: That's true, and so don't fear it. Embrace it. You know there really is no time if you really think about it. There's no past. There's no present. It's all. It's no, all. A it, cycle.
1: It's all. It's all round a cycle all the time. And if you don't waste your energy worrying, that makes you old for real.
0: <laughs> so that is that the secret to staying young, right there? Yeah, don't waste no
1: energy on no bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I love how all these different genres are sort of, you guys brought together so many different sounds and Dre and Snoop on the one hand, but didn't you also produce for the Chili Peppers?
1: Yeah, I did the Chili Peppers, Freaky Sally. Mm-hmm. That was that was our brothers from L.A. And they was funky rock and roll band.
0: See, you can do it all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, we just did a, um, the Ain't That Funkin' Kind of Hard on You with Kendrick Lamar and Ice Cube. We also did a mix of it with Louis Vegas, which You know, electronic things and um,
0: and um, soul clap. What would you say the state of funk music is today? You know, everybody everybody walking down the street knows every single word to Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars. But what what is Clinton's take on funk today?
1: Well, it's it's happening. I mean, um, that Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar's album right now is funk as you gonna get. (laughs) Uh, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That um, I'm mad. I got a bone to pick, <laughs> and I don't want you monkey mouth throwing it again. Mm. You know that's some funky. I mean, it's straight out of James Brown's book of music, but it you can't get no funkier than that. I love it. Uptown is you know definitely kept it alive and got the pop version, but you got a lot of hip hop and electronic music that's dabbling into the funk now.
0: Yeah, your uh, ripple effect just keeps going on, out and out and out.
1: Oh, yeah. Funk is forever moving. It's, it's ever coming. It's never going anywhere.
0: And we owe you, all of us who love music, owe you a great deal for that. So thank you.
1: And tell everybody, <laughs> be sure to check out the book Brothers Be Yo Like George. Ain't that Funkin' Kinda Hard on You? It's the book on my life story.
0: Did you write it or did work write it with someone else? Or
1: I wrote I wrote it, Ben, Ben, a guy named Ben. We wrote it and it's out there now. Check that out. It's It's the history. You can download it. That's the easiest because they keep being sold out, mm-hmm. but you can download it. It is definitely the story of the P-Funk history. It's very worthwhile.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for the heads up on the book, and thanks for taking the time to talk about your career. It's, it's really a legendary career, so we really appreciate you taking the time, uh, Mr. Clinton. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.